0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. morning. Awesome. Okay, today we're continuing 1 Corinthians 13. Small chapter, 13 verses. 13 verses in the 13th chapter. Is today the 13th? That'd be kind of cool. Today's the 9th. It is. Today is the 9th. That's right. July 9th. So, love the superior way. Initially... Initial thoughts for those who read the chapter ahead of time and then we'll we'll get into reading it and actually talking about it So who would like to what were some initial thoughts that you had?
1: When I read read it I Substituted in a lot of places. I substituted the word love for the name Jesus mm. because Jesus was our example of um how to love one another and so a lot of places um yeah i put jesus in there to kind of make learning more about his character
0: Yeah. yeah. wonderful that's true because doesn't what well, first john say god is, love? god is love that's right it originates in him so most, yeah. most definitely that's good that's good anybody else have anything interesting So remember this whole chap this whole book is Paul addressing some really tough con- uh, topics with the Corinthian church you know they're struggling they're having a hard time there's a lot of slander backbiting lying hypocrisy idol worship mixing of pagan religion Christianity um, you know as we've as we've gone through we've had a lot of really interesting discussions about how Paul is just really kind of driving the whole thing home. And then he throws this whole thing in here about how love how love incorporates into all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to read the book of 1 Corinthians without first viewing it through this lens that he's talking about here. So I find that interesting. So well, let's read it. And we'll just read straight through the whole 13 verses. And then we will get into kind of answering some of our questions and talking about it. So do I have a volunteer to read verses one through three? Thanks, bud. Uh, If I speak human or angelic tongues then I have love, I am am a noisy tongue or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Wonderful. Someone to read 4-7. Thanks, Mary.
2: Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It is not boastful, and is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Thank
0: you. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part... And we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. So let's just start at the top. What verse stood out to you? Why did it stand out to you? What are some insights that you had from it? What do you think God's trying to communicate? Verse
2: 5.
0: Verse 5.
2: Because I will hold a grudge forever. Hmm. And he is like ten minutes after. There's even
1: more that it's done everywhere. Um, do oh! <laughs> 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 <sense>.
0: So good. <laughs> so
2: you're
0: so you're talking specifically about that. It, it does not keep a record of wrongs. Yeah. Fat, yeah.
2: You're yeah.
1: Wow. We'll share more. Bet. Like... Oh,
2: okay. Well, just a the, And we don't, let me just preface, we don't have that many arguments, but if I go to bed mad, I probably won't remember why I'm mad in the morning, but I'm still mad and I'm, Mm. you're still on the list. (laughs) Why am I like that? It's like, it's ridiculous. It's downright ridiculous. And like I said, 10 minutes after whatever little thing happened, He's totally over it and then says something nice or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm still <so> mad. <laughs> nice, I'm to I'm still
2: I don't say it, but I, I feel like, why? <laughs> <"But you're right." laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Uh. My mom was the same way, so it's something that I got from her. She was the same way. She'd been there for days. I'm not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're talking about verse 5, um, I highlighted that same exact part, does not keep a record of wrongs. And, um, you know, referring to what you said, Mom, about when you kind of substituted the word love for Jesus, mm-hmm. and we reference when the Bible says God is love, how so many people have this distorted view of God that he is keeping yeah. a record of your sins. Yeah. In heaven, there's a record of your sins, so you better watch out. You better not pout. Santa, Jesus is coming to town. does that yeah. go? You get yeah. what I'm at with yeah. that? So, and so they, so they have this this view that if you don't ask for forgiveness, then there's that record in heaven of all your sins. But the Bible, so so wait, does God not read the words that He inspired, or how how does that work? Because love keeps no record of wrong. Mm. So how does that work? How does that fit into that view of God? So you have to follow the next question. That Do we believe that there is a record of something in heaven? And it is biblical. There is a record of something in heaven. But is it a list of bad deeds? Or is it a accurate description? The record is a description of the kind of person you are. Your character. Okay. we
2: well, you
1: that end, in verse 12.
0: Wonderful. I can't wait then. i just
1: keep <laughs> working way <right laughs> down.
0: Super good. Anything was there? Anything so far in verses one through five that was kind of confusing when we read it? It's like I'm starting to understanding what that means. You know, what about the the part there? Um, well, that might be a little bit further than verse five, where he talks about we'll know in part. Yeah, that's verse eight down further. Why does it in verse one and two and three? If I speak in tongues, but I don't have love. Just it a whole bunch of racket. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, but I don't have any, you know, plus faith and all these things, and I can move mountains and I can do all these amazing things, but I don't have love. If I give away all my possessions, if I'm basically like a Mother Teresa, how does that make sense?
2: Okay. To
1: me, I see it as motive. Like, if, if I speak human or angelic tongues, and I'll put Jesus in there, but do not have Jesus i'm just a noisy gong or a climbing symbol so to me that goes to the motive i can act right on the outside and i can understand in my brain the words i've read about jesus love unless it gets to my brain to my heart and really makes a transformation you just just spout words
0: so then what's the motive what's the comparison Because he's, you know, Paul's doing it
1: for yourself, or you're doing it truly for God, and your focus is on Him. He gets all the Mm -hmm. glory.
0: And we've talked about it before in our groups here, where, you know, a, a a definition of love that I really like: love is to know, want, and do what's in the best interest of another person. I really like that definition of love to know, to want, and to do what's in the actual best interest of another person. And so what I think is kind of interesting for me, verse four, where Paul talks about love is patient, love is kind, doesn't envy, it's not boastful, it's not arrogant, <clears throat> it's not self-seeking, it's not irritable. It doesn't hold a grudge to use Amy's words. It finds no joy. You know, He's listing a whole bunch of feelings right? Because, you know, impatience, that's a feeling. If you're not kind, you're being mean, that's a feeling I feel irritated, I feel irritable, right? Or I feel proud, or I Feel entitled, arrogant, right? I feel entitled. So if you kind of, you can almost all of those things for me, I can break it down and say like, well, Paul is basically saying love is not a feeling. Love is an action. And if you, if you apply love is to know, want and do what's in the actual best interest of another Mm -hmm. person, then it doesn't matter how you feel. Mm -hmm. When Bo here was a lot younger, we would take him to get some vaccines. Now that's in his best interest to get a shot, but it felt horrible because he's, it hurts, right? And also we run the risk because in Boaz's mind, he doesn't quite understand why I'm being stuck with a needle and it hurts really bad. So why are you, why are you putting me through this? I mean, daddy, why are you doing this to me? But love, if love operated on feelings said, well, love is, if it feels right, good, then we would never do that for Bo because well, it wouldn't feel right. Right. Kind of a distortion. What do you guys think of that idea? A lot of thinking. So let's move down further. How about verse 8 toward the end? Love never ends. How is that possible? Love never ends.
1: Jesus.
0: Okay, So, the design law of love, reality, right? That's what it's talking about. Because clearly, if you know, I love Sarah and Sarah loves me, and we both pass away, then our love ended, right? No. no? It carries on through him. Mm. It carries
1: on through the people whose lives she touched.
0: Interesting. Because all life is built on the principle of love, isn't it? Other centered beneficence, giving. That's how life operates. That's where healing takes place, for sure. I want to read, um, while you guys are chewing on that or have anything more to add to that, I want to read a passage out of the remedy here in this chapter. Um, I thought it was really profound. Verse 8 and 9, right? This is out of the remedy. Love originates in God, and therefore will never stop and never fail. But one day prophecies will cease. Talking will be paused, and human knowledge will fade. We are finite, knowing just a part of all truth, and prophecy is just a piece of a greater whole. But when God restores the universe to his perfect design of love, all imperfection will disappear. When I was a child, I talked like a child, bragging about myself. I thought like a child, focusing on the do's and don'ts. I reasoned like a child. But when I grew up, I embraced God's kingdom of love and put the childish ways behind me. I really liked how that was worded,
2: mm-hmm.
0: with all of that, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, because that part there in verse 9 where it talks about, for we know in part, prophesy in part, but then the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. That can be a little bit confusing, can't it? Yes, I For sure, and I really appreciate it, Hank. Eh? the perfect referring to Christ? What do you think? When the second comic comes, is that we That's
1: mm-hmm. what I
2: would think That's what, what I would
1: think of. Right
0: yeah. Because he's the, he's the perfect love. Yeah, I mean... Um, there is only one way, from you know, my opinion on that, that the only way for something partial to come to an end is for the complete to be revealed. Yeah, and so what does the same scripture fix your eyes on Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, that Hebrews Maybe, but oh fix your eyes on Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, our trust, our hope, which is also the last in verse thirteen, when Paul says these three remain: faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Interesting. We think of verse eleven. How many adults are still stuck in childish ways?
1: Oh, We are a damaged people.
2: Yeah,
1: so much, so many that have had damages. It, it, all of us have had damages from childhood. Every single one of us. Every single person we meet. And if that's not resolved, when you become an adult and Resolve that you're still that child, that damage wounded
2: child. hmm
1: Majorly, of this humankind.
0: You know, part part of the you know the groups that I'm I'm a part of right now. The one men's group I'm a part of. Um, we've been working through, um, with with some supervision. We're not necessarily working through it as a solo. Person, it's more something we share in a group, and I thought this would be really interesting to do as a church altogether. But there's a there's a, a a paper that I'm working through. It's called an inside out conversation, okay? And it's I forget how many twenty some questions are on it. So you basically are answering these questions, and it's based completely off of that verse. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I came a, a man, I put aside childish things. And so the whole point is to to answer the questions from the perspective as the child within. So you're not answering them as now, as an adult. You're answering them as a child. And then you come into your group, your trusted group, and then you're sharing the answers to each other. You're always know, just sharing there. And through this process, it's 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 powerful to be able to kind of like you said, go through those childish things to process that stuff and then grow and heal from it. And I thought, wow, how cool would that be as a church to start going through some of that stuff. And I think it would be, yeah. it would be a very, a very powerful experience for sure. You know? Yeah. So I
1: was sitting in, I was sitting in therapy, I don't know, four months ago, because I've always wondered why there was a real glitch in my character, and I knew it was there, and it always. Bothered me for all my life. I was never to figure out why, why, why am I that way? And um, I, you know, I've really been searching this year just to, to get to know Jesus more. Um, so I'm sitting in therapy that day, and all of a sudden, like this, this picture came into my brain, like, bam. And I knew the very moment, the very day, the, mo- the very um, situation that tweaked my brain in that thing. And I'm like, oh, word. And my therapist said, what? And so I shared what I had just seen, you know. And it was like, oh. So then I could understand why I react the way I do. And and know now that I'm not in that situation anymore, I can I can react differently. Mm-hmm. Have a different, you know, response. But it was like it was amazing how that just came in my brain you know and i i i, I could see it i could feel it like, oh, wow <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it was like
1: a, re- a serious revelation like that was oh, a yeah. revelation you know but it, it so made a difference for me it so made mm-hmm. a difference for me yeah
0: yeah the power of sharing and, and just talking is, you know, you know, growth and healing and things like that. Like from my, from my experience and understanding of it, it's not, it's not like surgery, it's not mechanical. Mm -hmm. Someone's not there, you know, fixing this and tweaking that it's, it's just through, through the, through that, through that open conversation of a safe environment where people are just sharing their insights, connections are made. Oh, and then something's triggered, and before you know it, your brain, whoosh, and then something pops to the surface that previously was unknown to you, that was triggered by by the conversations, and you, go, whoa,
1: that's what happens.
0: That's what happens. Yeah, and healing takes place in that moment. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's exciting, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the whole and the whole bottom line of all of that—not to get too far off on this rabbit trail—but to bring, I guess, to bring it back to our topic was in a group of loving a loving environment where people are here. They love each other, they care for each other, they they're willing to sit and listen and also be vulnerable. That's
1: where the end of verse twelve comes
0: in. Share your thoughts on verse twelve.
1: The very the last the last four words I am fully know. You know and I, I I've sat with that all this week two weeks now to, mm-hmm. to, to, understand. And I, I researched and some like it, in Psalms and in John and Zephaniah, um, we are known, you know, so like all those tweaks from when we're young, those are known, they're known. And, and that's why I think we can be so safe. In relationship with jesus because he knows he knows what made you the way you are he knows what tweaks he can make along the way to rise you up from where you were you know um he just he knows you and and it's a safe knowing i think a lot of us were raised that oh my goodness he knows your sins he knows the wrong that you did And, and that's just so sad he knows you he knows what makes you happy? What make what hurts your heart? Um to me it's a comfort to be known. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really touched my heart, sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, when we're there's a there's a powerful moment when you're talking to somebody or when you're sharing the person you're talking with to look at you in, in sincerity, say, you yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah me I too. Know. I know. Because it, it, it's in that moment where you go, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Because so many times in our life we, we live, at least in my experience, I've, I grew up thinking that I'm the only one, no one understands. You know, and then you talk to somebody and they say, me too. And you go, what? Yeah, me too. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a powerful moment. You know? and, and yeah, when we get to that point where, where, where Jesus says, yeah, me too. Me too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a verse in Exodus 33, um, 17, where he says, I know you by name. Mm-hmm. He knows your name. Mm-hmm. He knows you by name. I just think that's cool.
2: how
0: do we finish it off with verse 13 now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love and so you know when when paul brings this whole thing out where he talks about i can do this i can do that i can do that i can do this and none of it means anything if i don't have love he kind of boils it all down to say but these three remain faith hope love the greatest of these is love. why did he choose those words faith hope or
2: well, I
0: think yeah, in verse, seven, yeah. It says, verse 7 and there's all things and there's mm-hmm. all things mm-hmm. and there's all things so, and there's all things mm-hmm. oh nice connection there, look at that so if you believe that also means you trust, right? and in the Bible the greek word for faith believe and trust is all the same word i think it's pistis or something like that it's all the same word
1: what's hope trusting in that love
0: when you hope in something if you if you lose hope what do you do despair mm-hmm give up something Something to come come? you're looking forward to it that's right it keeps you going Mm -hmm. that's right so if you've lost all hope you've given up you no longer try that's right and enduring all things they're absolutely connected aren't they Does anyone have another version if they're willing to kind of see what other verse, uh, words the Bible writers have picked in that? Verse 7? I have the remedy. Is there any other translations? We can just see how they're, how they're worded. NIV. NIV?
1: Uh, NIV. Too. There somewhere.
0: Yeah? Do you have anything different, Joe? Nope. Okay. Right on. What's the NIV say? Verse verse seven.
2: Mm -mm. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres.
0: So it always protects. Right. Mm -hmm. What else does it always what?
2: Always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Wow.
0: I have the message I yeah yeah the remedy you know it's a it's an expanded paraphrase so obviously dr Jennings takes a little bit more liberties with it but he said love always protects always heals
2: mm-hmm.
0: always restores builds up trusts hopes and perseveres I like that. It always builds up and restores. Mm-hmm. That's good. And then verse 13, out of the remedy. So these three endure trust, hope, and love. That's the greatest of these love. So he uses the word trust in there. Mm-hmm. Trust, yeah. hope, and love.
2: I
1: written there with the NIV. It always protects. You have each other's back.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So kind of yeah. Absolutely. Protect each other.
0: Good. So, with well, our little study card here, what do we learn about God through this passage? You know, what stands out to you about God's character and the kind of person he is? What comes to mind?
2: Guess the old term
0: agape, God is love. Yeah. Well, to reference the beginning of our discussion in verse five, keeps no record of wrongs, you know, and love, love is restoring and love is healing. And so I personally think that this whole chapter here is an evidence that points to the kind of person God is. Mm-hmm. That fits more of a medical model, because a doctor has a very extensive medical record of your history. But it's not a list of mm-hmm. how many bad things you've done or whatever. It's it's a medical history that shows sickness. It's and then, exactly, your doctor knows you. He's got a history. And in that medical record, it will show the history of the illness. And then it will show when you started taking the medicine... And then it will show a history of your recovery and getting better. The record never goes away. It's a story of your life. And the record will either show that you took the meds and got better or meds were prescribed and you never took them and you got worse, right? The doctor doesn't hold it over your head. It's just, it's reality is what it is. And so that's where I feel that this chapter really puts some evidence against this you know, legal view of God that He's up there. You know, God's always watching, so be careful what you do. I think this is a, a strong evidence against that. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we close it up? To answer our last question, based on our, this discussion, this passage. What do you think we should change in our life this week what is god calling us to change either about the way we think about ourselves the way we view god the way we interact or think about others anyone bold enough to share that answer
2: get over it
0: get over it stop holding that grudge stop. amy
2: The sentence I wrote
1: <clears throat> was Stand tall and know that you are known.
0: I like that. Okay. Wonderful. Do we have a volunteer to close for prayer? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you that the truths revealed in this passage have the power to heal and restore and to shape lives. Thank you for the work you're doing in our lives, to grow us up to be like you, to prepare us to receive you one day soon. And thank you for the for the sacrifice that you willingly chose to be able to. Pray for your Holy Spirit to bless us on the rest of this day. And may we remember this conversation and the words that you've written down for us.
1: We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen.